Hello and welcome back to QC Uncut, uncut, unedited, uncensored conversation with local newsmakers and entertainers. And my current guest is a little bit of both. It's William Campbell, Oscar-nominated composer from right here in the Quad Cities. He has a new album coming out, and they're going to have an album release party uh, April 28th. It's coming up. 29th. Okay. Thank you for thank you for correcting me, William. Um, and so... You're going to be doing a performance at 7.30 p.m. at uh, St. Ambrose Galvin Fine Arts Center, um, 518 West Locust Street in Davenport. And, um, again, thank you so much for being a guest on the show. You've never been a guest on the show before. Um, but what a fascinating guy here. Oh, well, thank you so much. It's great to be here and talking with you, Sean. Yeah, for sure. Now, let's talk a little bit about the new album. We'll kind of go backwards, uh, starting from where you're at right now. Uh, tell me a little bit about it. It's kind of um, a combination of piano and synthesizer and electronic music and also kind of mixes in. It's a, a concept album in a lot of ways and mixes in some of the more orchestral elements that you're you're best known for. Yeah, for sure. So this is an album called Together We rise and like you said it's got some piano synthesizer electronics and the way that i use the the synth and even the piano is very orchestral because mm-hmm. that's just the way that i think and i conceive of music so um yeah the concept of it is that really um we should be doing more for the common good and that individually we can accomplish a lot but boy we can do so much more by coming together and working together and so that's what this album is about and and also being right with ourselves and inside ourselves so that we can actually go and do the things that we need to and for me what that means is going into nature often and finding uh, my strength there and so a number of the pieces on this album deal with that going out into nature and they've got real evocative kinds of things and I even draw from natural sounds um, on the album I've recorded bird sound and actually created a a piece of music based on on that bird sound that song Um, but it's all about um, working together and um, even with the natural world and moving forward that way because I believe in progress I believe that we can and I'm an optimist forever an optimist and I think that we can do more together and again it's it's um, let's heal the divisiveness that has us all so whirling and so thinking that we're against each other and, and come together and find find the common ground. Uh, how were you inspired to go along this path, and how long did it take you to put this this album together? I mean, obviously, uh, I can kind of answer the first question, but I'll let you answer it. I know, obviously, we live in very divided times, but why don't you tell me, William, what your inspiration was, and, and when you first started, what's the process for you to put together an album like this? How long does it take? How, how, do you, how does your mind work? How does your creative process work? Okay, yeah, that's a lot. So, yeah, the first thing, like how long? The floor is yours now, William. Talk as long as you'd like. Okay. So, yeah, so um, back in, uh, when well, after 2016, and, and so many people had such a reaction to that. Um, some folks were really just gung-ho and very positive about it, and some folks were just wanting to shut down and very, very worried. Um, and then, followed closely by uh, the COVID-19 pandemic and the shutdown, um, so I, I wrote a piano piece that I titled Together We Rise. Um, and it's, it's this anthemic um, really kind of driven piano piece that, that really could be for a rock band or even a jazz band, but I just do it all at the piano. 
Um, and based on that idea, I, I wanted to create a whole album on on, on that that idea of of, of being being um, collectively minded. So um, really listening to what each other says, and not having to do what each other says—that's craziness. But <laughs> listening and understanding from everybody's point of view. If we're part of a society, then then we should be able to to even if we don't again even if we disagree just uh, you know respect enough to listen and get and, and understand from another person's viewpoint anyway you could also think of the same thing from the native lands or or anything else i mean there's a there's a lot of a lot of differences that we need to i think heal so that was sort of the inspiration behind this as the um album evolved as I was recording it and really conceiving it I realized that I also had this other album that I wanted to do which was um, this idea of, of, of a sanctuary where we go to find ourselves so that we can go and do work in this world and the two ideas meshed and they became really important so so you have this idea of going out and doing good work within the world and, and being part of a larger community but you also um, have to be right by yourself and finding your own personal strength. Mm-hmm. And so that's really the way that those came together. And, and and it became just one big meshed concept. But that happened while I was working on the album itself. So during the month of February, <laughs> um, I, I was I was recording this and, and, and coming to terms with all this. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I had very different pieces of music that I was going to plug into this that just didn't, they didn't fit. I kept on trying to well what if i do this with this piece what if i do that and they just didn't quite work and and so finally i just released it all and i took a break for a day and came back to it and said you know what i this album really needs to be this and so that's what it came came to um i had a a cellist and a violinist lined up to come in and record some other things and i ended up saying no it's that's not what this needs to be thank you very much for being willing to do this i really appreciate it and um, I've been composing for many years with synthesizers and electronics in my studio, and then with solo piano stuff for, for albums, mm-hmm. and the two came together in this beautiful way mm-hmm. and um, became this new album. And it's really a return to my roots, because even when I was 16 years old, I moved the family upright piano into my room, and I had synthesizers in there, and I would just jam away on this minimalist very minimalist kind of kind of stuff i was a very strange kid i knew about all these things that were going on in new york and london and san francisco and all these other places i was living in tucson arizona growing up and i was doing all these really really strange really i thought cool things and mm-hmm. so um this is and I, and I kept doing it but but i haven't done it uh, you know in public on my as a solo artist in a very long time so that's 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 a lot of information right there for you, but there no, it is. That's fine. That's, yeah. A, yeah. that's you know the podcast is is completely uncut and uncensored, so we allow people to you know fully expound upon. That's the whole cool. reason why I started it is because I felt that too often interviews were very confining. When I was writing for print, I had to cut down things into sound bites, or if I was doing radio or, or TV or whatever. Um, and I like the expansiveness of being able to have conversations with people because oftentimes people would say, "Oh, it's." too bad you couldn't include that part that we talked about and and went on about 
Um, are, do you tend to be more of an uh, intuitive songwriter where things will just kind of come to you out of the ether and you'll be inspired, or um, are you? Do you sit down and you know every day you kind of like okay I'm going to sit down during from this time to this time and I'm going to write, or is it kind of a combination of the two? Yeah, it's a combination of both. So sometimes it's very uh, improvisatory mm-hmm. and whatever my mood is or whatever I've been thinking about or feeling comes out um, and that could be at the desk like writing I don't know why I'm miming writing right now <laughs> nobody can Everyone see me I'm talking with my hands why am I doing this uh-huh. but um, <laughs> so yeah I was just pretending like I was at a desk writing and and so I've developed my, my inner ear and, and my mind uh, so that I can write down what I'm hearing mm-hmm. right um, and, and so sometimes I'm, I'm I'm doing that, but very, very often, and usually, I'm at a at a keyboard or a piano, and and, and working things out, mm-hmm. and often with pencil and paper and, and and doing things. But but yeah, usually I'm I'm working things out at, at the piano, and um, often it's just flowing, mm-hmm. and sometimes I'll come up with an idea way before I come up with the concept of what it is, mm-hmm. and then. Um, then it becomes a difficult thing to name the piece of music. Like uh, I don't know. Other times, though, I come up with a concept ahead of time, and then I and then I write. And when I do that, um, that's more of like the traditional composer at the desk, and then moving over to the computer and doing that. So I wrote a, a, a chamber music piece for um, violin and percussion recently for the Quad City Symphony Chamber Music Series, and that was all done conceptually. Mm-hmm. I would write some things down, I'd go to the piano to make sure I was on track, I'd go back to the desk, and then I'd go to the to the computer and enter the music in and send it to the performers and ask how they were, how it looked and how, how they felt, and get some feedback and change it. That's sort of more the you know conventional composer way mm-hmm. of doing things, but I do it all kinds of different ways. I even use voice memos on my iPhone. Uh-huh. You know, if I'm out for a walk or um, out for a bike ride, or even if I'm driving around and an idea comes, um, I, especially if I'm driving, like I don't want to, you know, I'll, I'll just I'll just be, push the button at, at a stoplight and um, and then keep going, but be able to to sing or describe right. what it is that I'm doing. It's crazy, <laughs> but you got to capture it, and, and I want to and I want to be able to get back into that mind frame, and so that's how I'll do it sometimes too. Yeah, a lot of different ways. Have you ever used any of those voice memos in the work, like taken them and sampled them and put them into the compositions? Yes. So on this album, I've not done it until now, mm-hmm. but um, I was out on a walk in, in our neighborhood four years ago, this time of year, um, and this year has been amazing for all the bird songs. There's mm-hmm. been a, I mean, it's been like loud some mornings, which is great. Um, but uh, four years ago, I recorded, especially I was going after this white-throated sparrow sound, this this sort of song and um and there was one singing away and there were other birds twittering and all these other different noises um and the idea was that i would um create sort of a a piece that would be like almost like a duet between me and that and that and that bird and that's what i did on this album Mm -hmm. it's actually uh the second to last piece on this album is called lessons from the sparrow and i've got this recording from four years ago and um 
and I cleaned it up in the studio to get rid of some of the noise because there's noise and <laughs> outside, you know, uh, when you're recording stuff. But um, I, I just played along with it. I found what what um, the time signature or meter that I could play in, and of course the key. But but that stuff comes to me really easily. So, um, but but figuring all that out, and then I'm playing with it, and it's it's a delightful thing to do. And I've I've not ever done that before. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, tr- I've tried it before, but never s- with success. So I'm really really excited to share that with people yeah no relation to the theme from beretta <laughs> no <laughs> totally different i have the sparrow yes <laughs> yeah yeah that's a very different right. thing <laughs> oh. <laughs> you just disappointed the local beretta fan club william mm. you know I, i'm sure Sorry, they'll be able next to time maybe next time yeah. maybe next time <laughs> so uh let's go back to what you alluded to when did you first get started with this when did you first become enamored with the piano was it an instant love affair or was it something that kind of you kind of got kicked and dragged kicking and screaming into it and then you ended up finding out that you really enjoyed it yeah so my parents bought a piano when i was six and brought it into the family living room and um i started taking piano lessons from a teacher in the neighborhood um and i just never stopped (laughs) um there was one time that i thought about stopping and i and i stopped for one football season because i thought that i'd like to try football when i was in high school and um i didn't keep up with the football um but i kept playing the piano um and and uh, better for your hands too way better for my hands uh it was a good experience to have but um you know i yeah so um but but as far as creating at the piano i started creating music oh gosh just a few years after i started taking piano lessons so i was nine or ten when i started writing my first pieces of music and would bring it into teachers and show them and uh yeah i just kept creating at the piano it's just mm-hmm. what i do <laughs> now were you in rock bands or anything like that growing up as a teenager oh yeah yeah i was in a lot of rock bands. Um, I was in a couple jazz bands, um, and even through college. In fact, I, it, it got uh, got to the point where I was in a rock band that was gigging, and a jazz band. We were starting to get some gigs too. Those were easier to get, actually. Um, and then also playing classical music at piano. And it was a. I, I developed an overuse injury and had to stop playing for two years because <laughs> I overdid it so much. Uh, but um, then I was able to concentrate on composing. Uh, well, well composing for sure but conducting mm-hmm. when i was a grad student uh, at the san francisco conservatory I, I i i really concentrated on just composing and conducting mm-hmm. and so um that was an interesting time and then uh and then found myself going back of course to the piano because it was just a natural thing for me it's it's a place where I feel so comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people have commented, you just look so comfortable. I would be terrified. Yeah, well, I would be terrified if I had to do what you do every day, you know. Uh, right. I mean, <laughs> this is what I do. This is where my, this is my comfy spot. This is where I'm, I'm, um, I, I, I resonate really just with my inner frequency, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. You grew up in Arizona, spent some time on the West Coast, obviously. What brought you to the Quad Cities? Well, I got offered a job at St. Ambrose University uh, back in uh, 2004, 2005. And, um, yeah. Been so ever since. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's talk a little bit about um, the Oscar nomination. You've been nominated for two Oscars in 2021 and 2019. Um, and... How did that come about? How did uh, you know each of those projects come about, and what was it like to get an Oscar nomination and to get that call? Hey, you've been nominated yeah. for an Academy Award. Yeah. Well, um, so I've written music for a number of films, mm-hmm. and 
um, one of my longtime uh, well film directors that calls me a lot uh, is is a guy named Sky Fitzgerald, mm-hmm. and he's a a, a very well known uh, documentarian. Um, and he and I met at the University of Oregon, mm-hmm. and uh, collaborated ever since. And yeah, so these two films that were nominated for Oscars are are, are his films, and it's really great to have been to the Oscars these times doing that. Now, of course, these are really hard hitting documentaries. What was Lifeboat? What was the other yeah. one? Lifeboat was the one in 2019, and 2021 was called Hunger Ward. Okay. These are not. Uh, you know, feel-good documentaries right. where you go away thinking, oh, life is great. It's, uh-huh. You know, it, it makes you want to actually do something to help people, hopefully. Right. <laughs> and so that's what these are. And, 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 and the music scores for them are combinations of um, orchestral instruments plus synthesizers and electronics. Mm-hmm. So it's that, it's that hybrid, again, that I love. Right. Yeah. So, so what was that like, uh, putting together the scores for films that, as you mentioned, are kind of hard-hitting? Yeah, well, um, there are moments within any film where the music's got to carry the motion forward, and so right. those are wonderful times. But other times, especially in documentaries, you want to really take the back seat and just be very much background and, and, and try to help out. But at the same time, I want to, of course, make music. And so that's that's the rub. That's the um, right. creative tension right there within myself. Right. I want to make sure that I'm not in the way, but I also want to make sure that I'm moving things along. And that, uh, for me, it's going to have some musical satisfaction, too. Um, so there's various ways that you do that. Um, I... <laughs> I, I naturally just like drones. Uh, drones are just one note over and uh, you know. I, I don't know why. I've just always really liked the sound of music that has drones, and a lot of a lot of documentary film directors like that as well. So, <laughs> so that matches <laughs> up. Pairing yeah, exactly. So that matches up pretty well. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, what was it like going to the Academy Awards? Mm. Yeah, it was. It was a lot of fun. I'd love to go again sometime soon because um, now it was a been a few years, but um, but gosh, it was just un, unlike anything. You know, at first I was like, maybe I don't want to go. Really <laughs> right, seriously, yeah. I'm serious uh-huh. because it's not anything that I I had on my on my list of things I wanted to accomplish uh-huh. in my life. Going right. to the Academy Awards. Why would I want to do that? What I want to do is I want to keep writing music for films that are really cool that want to push the needle and, and help people in some way. I didn't realize that, you know, if you get a, um, nominated for an Academy Award, it can help you do that with the next one yeah, more. Right, exactly. You know, I just hadn't put it together. Plus, it was a way for all of us who had worked on the film to come together and hang out and then meet other people that are doing some cool things, too. But being part of it, boy, the energy was amazing. You know, um, the company that, that produced it and picked us up in a limo and took us out. and did, We did all the things, right? Mm-hmm. It was it was an amazing thing. Um, my wife got to go to the Elton John Oscar party and be right next to Elton John and, and his partner. And the whole, I mean, it was an experience. That was that was amazing. So, so what celebrities did you meet, and what was that experience like? You well, mentioned Elton John. Yeah, I met a lot of um, a lot of other musicians and composers, and that was great. Um, um, I had for me. I really wanted to meet. This was in 2019. I, I wanted to meet Brian May from Queen, and oh, he was yeah. there, and they were playing because that was when the whole Freddie Mercury yeah, and, and yeah, Queen Bohemian Rhapsody, Bohemian Rhapsody yeah. film was out there, and that was that was a big winner that year, mm-hmm. and it was exciting to be there and hear Queen actually live in the theater. I didn't get to meet any of them because they were shuttled off pretty fast. Uh-huh. <laughs> but afterward, there's this spot when you're coming down and out. Everybody goes out the same exit. And along the way, there's all these espresso um, spots where you can get 
espresso and, 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 and because there's all these after parties, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And then there's this huge wall outside, and it's beautiful in L.A., like it's you know, <laughs> it's LA. around yeah. here it's right. January, it's yeah. February, right? Yeah. And so it's nuts. But but you know out there, so they've got this wall outside and all these pegs on it, and on these uh, on these on these pegs is, are the, are these donuts. <laughs> so this is your fuel to, to help keep you through and be able to go to the after parties, right? And um, the other person that I really wanted to talk with was um, Venus Williams. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge tennis fan, and and um, she's like the total goat. I mean, mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah. And um, I was sitting there talking to another composer, and she comes walking by, and I was like, and I turned around, and she didn't even notice anybody else. She had her eyes right on one single donut, and she was after that thing, and she had, the, and then she was going to go off and work that off, you know, and, or do whatever she's going to do because she's Venus freaking Williams. She could do whatever, but man, I mean. I, and, I, and I've seen her her play tennis uh, at an event. At, at which point you interrupted her and you said, "Excuse me, Miss, but that was my donut." <laughs> no, that would have been it's great. Like a but, George Costanza moment. But um, Venus Williams is is an absolute um, Amazon. I mean, she is she towers over you. Even if you're the same height, she uh-huh. still towers over you. Mm-hmm. No, I wasn't going to mess with Venus Williams. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to be the guy that got in between her and the, and, and, and that, and that sustenance because, um, she was focused. And, and again, I've seen her on the tennis court play uh-huh. one time before. And it was like the same thing. It was this yeah. focus, just this, it, it was, it was incredible. But, um, there were other people that I got to talk with as well. It was, it was a real treat, but, mm-hmm. um, mostly though it was, it was being with our, the production, you know, yeah. the the team of people, and we were celebrating, even though we didn't get, even though you know the film didn't win, we were able to right. still feel really good about being there and nominated. And then a couple of years later, we were nominated again, and that was that was pretty great. But that was the COVID shutdown time, right? So right. only the director got to go to that one, so the rest of us didn't get to go. But it was still fine. It was still fun, fun to be part of, and and uh, it feels good to be. Um, Nominated for those kinds of things to be recognized, and then of course um, uh, to get an occasional um, query to to write music for a different film because they heard my work for these other um, pretty high profile films. That's that's been a nice thing. It hasn't happened as much. Oh, so call me, <laughs> William Campbell Music at Gmail dot com. Please drop me a note. I will compose for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So there, you have been nominated for a number of other uh, awards. Let's yep. talk about a couple of those. Um, Regional Emmy nomination 2020 uh, yeah. for Best Film Score. Uh, you won for Best Film Score in 2020 at the Iowa Motion Picture Association for um, Sons and Daughters of Thunder. Yes. You worked with uh, Tammy and Kelly Rundle. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, bet you also won for Best Original Score at the 2021 um, Luminous Frames Fest. So Yeah. Talk a little bit about that. What was it like working with the Rundles on that mm. project and, and, and winning that award? Yeah, well, the Rundles are amazing. I love what they do. Again, um, anything that is going to be helping spotlight people that, that really deserve it, mm-hmm. that um, help um, communities, um, and that, that help balance the equation so that it, it tips more towards social justice, I'm all about, and I will... 
I will say yes if I can mm-hmm. <laughs> to any project like that, and then to find out that it's you know done by quality people for right. uh, for things. But Sons and Daughters of Thunder was a really special project to be part of. I came in toward the end. It was a very long, long uh, production for them. It took many many years for them to put together a real labor of love, and then to see it um, embraced in various communities, um, really in many regions, and uh, uh, was was just amazing I, I i love working with them I'm, I'm i'm hoping we can continue to do so for a long time we've also done uh some work together on their newer series uh, hero street so I, I wrote the theme music for that it was mm-hmm. really great um and the theme music was a combination of classical guitar and um some orchestral strings and and trumpet mm-hmm. um and uh that was a cool project too because um my uh, my father-in-law, my wife's dad, uh, served in in the military and is, was Hispanic and served, you know, in the army. Um, and a lot of the things that that Hero Street was all about were exactly parallel mm-hmm. to to his family in Tucson and his experience. And so it, it really just brought it home. Mm-hmm. And um, Michelle would come into my studio and listen, and and we we talked about a lot of things. It was it was a great great thing for me to be part of um uh but but yeah hero street is is, is another thing uh to be and and again i'm not going after awards I, i'm going after expression and i know you know that right yeah yeah, yeah. totally oh. um but 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 uh, it's just a, a, a you know great to be part of these things that are um that are really important and, and, and need more more spotlighting. That's a really cool thing that, that happened in Silvis and, and the way that they're able to open open that up and show people the history that's just right here. Mm-hmm. That's so important. Right. Um, it, it's, it's great. And I love the Rundles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, something that's a little less uh, highbrow. Um, oh. <laughs> let's talk. Well, I don't know. How, you tell me. Tell me how highbrow Cadaver Christmas was. Now, originally, I'd been told that you worked with Cannibal Corpse, which, but then you you corrected me, and imagine my disappointment. I huge Cannibal Corpse fan, William. So I had I had some albums that I was going to have you autograph, but unfortunately, yes, it was just Cadaver Christmas. <laughs> which is a, a horror film that uh, you did the score for. Tell me a little yeah, bit about that. Yeah, yeah. And the running gag in that film is zombies, cadavers. So that's uh-huh. this, that's this thing. And it's a, it's, it's again produced by um, a local, um, a, a, a duo and. Um, so, uh, yeah, Cadaver Christmas. I, I was brought in because um, Daniel Reardon Hale, who is also a professor over at St. Ambrose University, was was in that film. And uh, I got to score the whole thing, and it was just a hoot. And I really needed it. Uh-huh. I, I needed to do this, something fun and, and, and totally different because I had um, just finished a, a very difficult piece um, that... Was a was a film about acid disfigurement, like people throwing acid on people. Oh yeah, it was awful. Um, and uh, I needed something that was going to be very, 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 very different. If not uplifting, then at least fun. Right. And so I was very quick to say yes, okay. And then uh, yeah, so uh, that that was that was a lot of fun music, like Telecaster um, synthesizers. Um, I bought a theremin. But wasn't able to use the theremin. Actually, it sounds like it. 
if it sounds like a theremin, but I actually just use a synthesizer on it because I couldn't quite master the theremin enough to get it to get it right. But it's the feeling is there. <laughs> you are one of three people I know in the Quad Cities who have a theremin. Linda Cook, my friend Linda <laughs> oh, Cook does, and yeah. my friend Scott Morshauser oh. from the Kabbalahs also well, does as well. Actually. I don't think he has that anymore. Oh, he doesn't? Because I bought he that. He did at one point. And did then I sold it. Him? And okay. then somebody else has it now. Somebody else in the Quad Cities has that. The, 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 the same. The theremin. The, okay. the Quad Cities there. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> right. So maybe there's two, and they just keep <laughs> moving around, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> musical theremin. Right, exactly. Uh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> Try the veal, William. Um, You're here all night. Yeah. You're all night, yeah. <laughs> so what are some of the other projects that you worked on that you'd like to talk about, that you'd like to mention? These are obviously the ones that pop yeah. to mind that are yeah. you know, most prominent, but what are some of the yeah. other ones that you'd, you'd like to mention that you really enjoyed working with? Well, sure. So. Um, I mean, I I do still love working on on orchestral music, and it was uh, it's been a real joy to be able to work with Quad City Symphony and, mm-hmm. and chamber music, but also orchestral stuff. Um, that's been fun. Mm-hmm. It's been a little while, but um, again, like I said earlier in the podcast, um, I did get to work with Naha Greenholtz and Aaron Williams on a really cool duet that I had mm-hmm. a lot of fun with. Um, and then, uh, well. Um, writing choir music has been a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect that, but about eight or nine years ago, I started just writing choir music, and mm-hmm. and that's just continued to to move. And um, thankfully, other choirs around the country are picking that music up and performing it. So mm-hmm. that's really nice to to get a more a little bit more William Campbell music out there. As long as it's good and it fits what they're trying to do, then then I'm all for it. That's awesome. Um, and I just just wrote another another choir piece um saint ambrose commissioned me to 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 write a piece for choir because they were doing a 10-year celebration of saint francis's 10th year of being a pope so that was that was pretty fun to to work on and the the chamber singers there which is an amazing group um sang it and that was that was a a real high um but i gotta say i'm 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 really um i've got another uh well Right. <laughs> the other projects I've got coming out. So um, I just finished another film score that's only electronics and, okay. and, and synth. And that is um, very dark, uh, very aggressive. I pulled out a lot of my um, guitar pedals and plugged them into different things and got some crazy, um, dark, angry, um, adrenaline-pumping-filled sounds for mm. this. It's about... Um, um, xenophobia in America. Oh and yeah, this is a, the, your next film that you scored. What's it? It's called Zeno America Zeno. Zeno American Zeno. Yeah, it's, a, it's another short film, and uh, the score is just um, the score is really dark. It took me to some very very dark, uh, angry uh, energy spots, mm-hmm. um, but it was cool to do. And it was it, again, it's all synth and. Um, Electronics. I, I did um, do some inside the piano plucking and scraping of the of the strings and some other sound yeah, effects. Come up with a new um, the mute stick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I just invented this thing, and I don't honestly know if anybody else has done this, but I don't think so. So um, you can put your fingers on a on a string, like on a guitar or on a harp, you yeah. know, or on a on a violin or a cello, and get a, a, like a plucked sound. Plump, 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 right. You know. On a piano, you can put your finger inside the string. If it's a if it's a grand piano, it's a little easier to access it. Mm-hmm. But on an upright piano, you can also take off um, part of the the front of the of the piano and be able to access those strings. But 
but when you touch it with a with your um, hand, you can transfer oils onto the string, and that actually uh, reduces the life of the string and the vibrancy of the string. So you don't want to do that too much. Right. So a lot of concert piano pianists and um, you know big or, or you know really good piano teachers don't want you to do that when you go perform right. at their at their places so I was like well how am I going to get around that and get this sound well I invented a mute stick so I've got a, a, a stick well not stick but a, but a piece of wood and I've affixed um, padding and actually this is um, yoga mat that I've doubled up <laughs> and I glue onto this stick and then I press it inside the piano. But then I can remove, I can then remove this stick. So it's not prepared piano. Mm-hmm. So with a prepared piano, you stick like erasers or sometimes even bolts or things inside a piano to get different sounds. Right. And then it stays in there. Like that's all that you can do. Then you have to take them out, retune the piano, all that stuff. With this with this mute stick, and maybe I need to come up with a better term, but um, <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> but um, I, I put it in there, and I just I, I can remove it, you know, within the piece. It's like a capo. It's, or a it's, guitar almost. It's sort of like a yeah, but but imagine like the capo um, just just well, it's instead, a, instead of retuning it, it mutes it. it yeah, it, it, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, puts yeah. Different or or as as a guitarist, I mean, what we do is is we use um, our plucking our our, our, our our strumming hand. We we actually use the the pad the of, pad our, of, of, of our of, of our hand, you know, yeah. to get that boop, 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 instead of the brum brum brum. Yeah, so it's the same idea. So um, I. I Push down on the pedal of the guitar of the, of the piano. Sorry, push down on the pedal of the piano to get a nice, you know, long sustain, and that really makes that that muted sound of the of, of the of the piano uh, ring out. Now, I'm not the only one that's doing a lot of the inside the piano uh, muted sound. It's a it's a it's a sound that you're hearing uh, from from more European pianists mm-hmm. and, and 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 composers right now. Um, Hania Rani um, out of Poland. Um, and uh, music groups such as, uh, well, Gogo Penguin and the Portico Quartet, and these are names that not a lot of people know. I know, <laughs> I know they're, but but um, believe me, in, in in Europe and in some circles in the United States, they're they're really well known. Um, but um, yeah, this just sort of I don't know. It started bubbling up about six years ago um, as a sound, and we all started doing it more, mm-hmm. and it just sort of happened. I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of interesting how that collective unconscious yeah. works. It's totally Because there's so many historical contexts in mm-hmm. which you look at, I mean, going back through the centuries, yes, where you look at, like, yeah. just independent of one another Correct. for some reason, yeah. all these different cultures that had no means of communicating with one another come upon the same idea at the same time, roughly Absolutely. the same time. It's really kind of eerie. And, and, and you can look at all kinds of different technologies and different cultures, but if mm-hmm. you just look at music and just think about the way that some instruments developed, the same kinds of things were yeah. developed within the same or similar instruments in different areas of the world. is fascinating. But for this, this muted piano, the one person has taken gaffer's tape, which is a non... It's, it's a kind of tape that you use on stage that does not leave any residue, which mm-hmm. is great for on stage. Then you can just take it. Some people have used it on the piano strings. But again, some pianists don't like that. They don't want even the idea that you're putting tape on their strings. So I had to come up with something else. The issue now that I've got, though, is I've got to create this, this, these mute sticks for different kinds of pianos because <laughs> the bridges and the frames 
are all different inside a piano. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> so I can't just stick my hand in there and expect it to go in the same spot and affect the same strings in the same uh-huh. way. So I've got to got to go back into the workshop and and make some more. <laughs> yeah. So when yeah. is the American Zeno coming out? When is yeah. your score coming out? Yeah, well, uh, we're looking at American Zeno to have um, late summer or very early fall f- film festival run. We're looking for the first one at, at, at one of the big, um, really interesting uh, uh, festivals. I can't say which one right now, but okay. um, there's, there's one in particular particular out east that that we're looking at so that okay. that'll be super cool okay yeah and then then, then after that so then um i'm meeting with another um california-based uh film production company well they're new york and california anyway um and and what they want is a real um string um uh like string quartet kind of kind of a, a sound so so I get to get back to a different roots of, of myself so instead of the electronics and and stuff get back into the acoustic world again and I'm very much looking forward to that and that's a that's a completely different different theme um, all I can say is that it's a doc another documentary but full full length um, and it's about Mm, Amish community, but other than that, I can't. I can't actually say anything. That's all I can say <laughs> safely. <laughs> well, you, well, given that it's about the Amish community, you can rest assured they're not going to be in movie theaters seeing it, critiquing yeah. it. That's true. That's true. Or, or maybe they won't be listening. I don't know. <laughs> well, there's always Rumspringa. They could be like, "Hey, I've heard about this movie. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm man. using my week of wildness to go and see oh, them. This my. devil's movie. Yes, this William Campbell is." <laughs> What's this music this we're hearing? Music yeah. that we're hearing that it's making me want to dance. So, oh boy! Yeah, I don't know. You had the work mm-hmm. of Satan behind you there, William. That's right. Yes, or at least cadavers. Right. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. Um, so uh, let's talk a little bit about your show coming up, April 29th, seven thirty at uh, St. Ambrose uh, Galvin Fine Arts Center. Um, what are you going to be performing? Obviously, uh, music from the the new album, Together We Rise. Yeah. Uh, what else yeah. will you be performing? Any other pieces from? Any of your Oscar-nominated works? Anything else that yeah. you're going to be doing? Well, I would love to be able to do some stuff from the Oscar-nominated uh, film scores. They're really tough to, to do live, so I, I can't do any of those uh-huh. film scores live. But um, I'll be um, playing music from previous releases um, that I've done that are that are piano-centered. So that the first half will just be me going through the album, the new album, and that's 44 minutes of music. Um, so it'll be roughly a 50-minute first set. It'll be a short intermission about 15 minutes and I'll come back and I'll play some more and then we'll call it a great evening you know but um, there, uh, it's not going to be just me um, there's some speakers that I'll, uh, people speaking some some spoken word um, that, I'm, that I'm bringing in um, and then uh, there will be a lot of visual aspects to this as well so um, that's that's a lot of fun. I like I, I like doing that, and maybe it's just because I love doing film score work. But even when I'm performing live, I like to have a real visual aspect, especially if it's just one performer. Now, I'll have my synthesizer with me. I'm only going to bring one. I've been able to, to to bring it down into one synth, mm-hmm. um, and then um, a laptop because I, I loop and do some other other things with effects that mm-hmm. that I um, I play and I react with that. It reacts with me, and so there's there's some. 
kind of cool interaction that happens there. Um, and then there's some very few um, um, pre-recorded stuff that, that that I've got as well, um, just a teeny little bit. Um, but that's that's that first album together we rise. That'll be just. I'm so looking forward to sharing that music with people. Um, the release day for the album is actually the day before, on the 28th. That's where I'm thinking of the 28th. Yeah, that's why, yeah. So the 28th, it, it, it hits. So people can listen to it ahead of time if you're really aggressive <laughs> and you've got a lot of time. Um, and then come in and um, experience it live. That's, that's, that would be great. Um, where can people get the album? Mm-hmm. So if, if you go to um, bandcamp.com, you can pre-order the album right now. You can, Or if you're listening to this later, you can, you can get it now. Um, or you can stream it on on anything starting on Friday April 28 Um, but um, yeah if you want to support me the artist please do go to bandcamp.com and just look up William Campbell together we rise and it'll take you right there and and it'll be available it's available on CD and then vinyl the vinyl uh, will be here uh, mm, I don't know how many weeks but some weeks later it's always a little bit lagging it's just the way that you know the it's it's working with vinyl a lot of people are, are are wanting vinyl these days and so it's slowed down the supply chain and everything works that way right now but yeah so cd and vinyl and digital um yeah i think that's yeah but but again i'm, I'm really looking forward to sharing that with everybody and that that concert's 7 30 on the saturday the 29th of april should be a lot of fun and you will be leaving us here in the Quad Cities. You're going to be moving back to the West Coast a little after that, after yeah. that concert. Uh, yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. You're going to be moving to Portland? Yeah, well, the plan is, is we're aiming for Portland. We'll see where we actually land. Um, uh, but, yeah, we've um, a lot of my uh, collaborators over the years are based in Portland. Um, we used to live in Oregon uh, down in Eugene a number of years ago. And we, we, we really come from the west and that's where all of our family is so um and also it just for the last couple years it's felt like it's time to make a change in my life and it's nothing against anything or anybody in the area um really loved our time here but it's just time to move on and to um focus on some different things and so those two things are creativity and family and my wife is going to have the anchor job that's going to bring the uh you know the the all-important health insurance and some other benefits and um and I'm going to be the the freelance gigging musician and, and composer, and we'll see how that how that works. Now, if, if somebody comes a knocking and says that they want me to teach, and and it works within the way that I want to change and balance my life in a different way, then I'd say yes. But I'm not I'm not looking for that. I want to be able to spend some time, really being true to um, the creative projects that I that I want to be doing here, and um, those include some more film scores, of course, but also more recording and 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 and, and different collaborations with different folks being an artist absolutely yeah anything else that we have not talked about that you would like to speak about william this is last call go ahead and have at it yeah i i i'm just grateful for the time here so so thanks sean for for this time um thanks everybody for listening and i hope that um no matter what that um everybody just can stay inspired to do the Well, to do the right thing by yourself and everybody else. So thanks. 
Well, thank you very much, William. I really appreciate being a guest on the show and wish you the best with the new album, Together We Rise. It's available on the 28th of April. Uh, go to Bandcamp. Let him, give him a bigger royalty rate. Don't let Apple take your money. Go to Bandcamp. Search for William Campbell. It's spelled exactly like it sounds. Together We Rise is the name of the album. And buy it on Bandcamp. Get yourself, Treat yourself to an awesome orchestral album by an incredibly talented local artist. Well, soon to not be local, yeah, but, still, but nevertheless, he's still here here for now and you can go and check them out saturday 7 30 april 29th and that's at the galvin fine arts center at st ambrose university again william thank you so much for being a guest on the show oh, thanks for having me it's great to be here and thank you for listening to qc uncut uncut unedited uncensored conversation with local newsmakers and entertainers i'm your host sean leary i hope you have a great day